0: Welcome back to another edition of Talk So Real with Matt Sunzala. Now, I rarely get nervous when it comes time to doing a podcast. I rarely even think about it. I sit down because, you know, this podcast is one where I just sit down and talk to my friends. And I do have a friend in the studio here today, but this friend happens to be the OG godfather of Austin podcasting, <laughs> hands down. <clears> he <throat> started this main, for real. Yeah. I got my brother back in the house. Thank you for having me, man. How you the doing, feedback man? podcast is a big deal, man, like an inspiration to a lot of us that gave us a, a voice that we didn't have at all. Thank you, thank you. And I mean, I dug in when you first called me, we, I don't know how many years ago we did a podcast together, 5 6.
1: Yeah, I think it was maybe 2015 2016 somewhere in somewhere there. Like yeah. That, yeah.
0: And uh I started digging in and watching your, you know, talks with Nick Knack and Yeah, Mel.
1: And, and and that's the thing, these are all people I mean, this is Austin, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're into music or entertainment, you're bound to meet all those all the right people. That's how I met you. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't know who Matt is? Yeah. This is Matt back. Nice to meet you. And it, it's just natural. This is how Austin is. Yep. And um at the time it was about um I was just fascinated by Austin nightlife because ninety percent ninety-eight percent of people I know in Austin, I knew in Austin, I met out. Yep. DJs, bartenders, store guys. Bookers, uh, artists, musicians, uh, you name it. I talked to the mayor. I talked to the mm-hmm. music commissioners. Um, and the the goal at the time was really, I, I always believed that there was a side to the service industry, to the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. that people just took for granted in the sense that you don't know what it's like to be a bartender on Sixth Street. You know, you don't know what it's like to book hip hop for South Southwest, or you don't know what it's like to be a musician hustling, you know, in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like they, all these people do a thankless job and they need to tell their side of the story. So when Jackie Vincent comes on and she tells, she tells a story about how she got started or how she w- went on tour for the first time or the first time that. You know, Chicken George got on turntables, you know, mm-hmm. the first time that uh, Zeely got on stage in, in freestyle. It's, it's those stories, I think, that needed to be recorded. And that's really I, I took it to heart. I'm like, these are all great folks that you need to know. If you want to know about Austin, the Austin scene, these are all people you need to know. Sorry. These are all people you need to know. And there's more to them on stage or them in front of the door or behind the bar, um, you know, there's way more to them. So I wanted to give them a platform to express that.
0: It's the truth and it's appreciated. I mean, we aren't L.A. We aren't New York. We're not really yep. a media center. We have become more of one and we have a lot more new people here doing new things. But for so long, we are such an island of creativity and yeah. coolness, you know, and that, a lot of coolness, <laughs> a lot of coolness, a lot of things going on here that just, you know, you really had to come here to find out about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, people were doing dope cackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, People were doing dope shit around the city. Mm -hmm. That's really what it was, and and even at the time, people were moving to Austin, asking, "Where's Austin? Where's the Austin I need to know about?" Like, where? Okay, I know. Yes, we have. You know, we have the the UT. We have UT. We have Sixth Street. You know, we have all these great places. But I want to know. I want to know the real Austin. Yep. Right. And. As much as I mean, at the time, and Austin was still getting up there as far as people moving here. Um, I wanted to to be to be that guy. Like, look, I'll be I'll be your guide to Austin. I've done it for years for mm-hmm. free. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, no, no, I'm not
1: mad at it. I, I'm really not. I'm really not. I never made a dime from my podcast. I I never. I don't have sponsors and Patreon. None of that stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, it it was. It was a way to give back to the city, to the city that adopted me. Because I came here at 16. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. My English wasn't like this at all. Where did you come from? I grew up in France. Yeah, Originally from West Africa, Senegal. But Senegal, I grew up in okay. France. I came here at 16. So basically, I'm starting over. Everything. Right. Language, culture, girls. Yep. Everything. And so I'm like, oh, if I want to get to know people and really... Uh, get to know the city, I gotta be out there, sure. So, I was out, I was a six-street rat like seven nights a week,
0: man. Yeah, I was at
1: 16, no, I was 17. Seven, okay, Sorry, 17. Yeah,
0: you were one of those punks, yeah. But I, w- I wasn't
1: <laughs> a wild one, you remember? <laughs> I, I wasn't I like know, I, know, uh, I was in these streets, but not like that. <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: and six-street wasn't quite like that. <laughs> yeah, either. it wasn't dirty
1: back then, it was not dirty, not dirty. it was fun, it was just fun. Yep. I put a lot of miles down there,
0: I bet, man. I mean, those were fun times, and uh. I think about, you know, a guy like yourself coming from, I mean, how how old were you when you left Senegal? I was two. Okay, two. And were you in Paris or another type? Right outside
1: of Paris. so uh, Suburbs. Yeah, so like Versailles. Okay. Uh, west of Paris. I grew up in a small town near that. Okay. Only three black families in the whole town. Really? Yeah, it was one of those.
0: Well, people don't understand, and it's happening, you know, Flugerville and Round Rock are good examples. Yeah. But in Europe the The ghettos, for lack of a better term, or uh-huh. like a lot of immigrant communities and things like this, were not in the center. They were pushed out. Yeah, and a lot. You go to Paris, and you go to the Louvre and all these places. And then my first time in Paris, I stayed with two guys. Um I don't remember they're Middle Eastern dudes that I knew from uh Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and they had people in Paris as well, mm-hmm. and they. You know, we were walking around Paris. I was like, man, I can't even afford bread here. This is insane how expensive it is. And yep. then they took us out to where we were staying in a big high rise, you know, council of state. I don't know what you call them in France necessarily. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, but it's like, the projects, the projects, it's just really yeah. what it is. Yeah. And the food was amazing. The people were amazing. It was diverse. I couldn't believe that, like, this is a part of Paris people don't see.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is very similar to what you would see in the U.S., as far as like projects, it's high rises. Wow. It's it's a lot of immigrant families. Yep. Uh, you know, family of ten in the in the you know two bedroom apartment. Uh, very community oriented. Um, poor, not a whole lot of jobs. Yep. It's crime, is drugs. It's all. It's basically the same.
0: But same thing. My point with that was it's it's more like that now. America kind of took that model, but back in I went first time I went to Paris was ninety one, mm-hmm. and. People still lived in the inner cities of yeah. America. They didn't get all pushed out to, mm-hmm. you know, the every place has been gentrified.
1: Oh, so I, I live in Pflugerville. I got yeah. gentrified out of Austin exactly. after 20
0: plus years. <laughs> exactly. So I remember just that really opened my mind to a lot of different things back then and getting to see like the other side. Because there wasn't an internet. We didn't have that. Yeah. Any videos or things like that to know. I mean, I don't know what year Lehane came out. But Man, Lehane? 95. 95. Okay. So that was before that. The,
1: the, the funny thing is the the, the black experience, mm-hmm. not, not the black, but the immigrant experience in France was very similar to the one here. Yeah. Because you end up with a lot of second generation African kids where their parents moved to France like, like my parents did. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily have a connection back to Africa right to Mali to Senegal to Morocco to any of those north like those old French colonies right Mm -hmm. in the north uh, northwest Africa right and so they grew up in an environment where they have this identity crisis like wait I am French I was born here my parents are from Mali or Senegal I don't really speak the language much but yet I don't fit in as a French person right and so the the Taking hip hop as the catalyst, mm-hmm. a lot of it was was oh we see what's going on in New York, yep at the in the nineties and in late eighties early nineties, oh there's this new thing called hip hop that's 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 you know starting to bubble up, and they see that and they go oh we're going through the same shit back home in France, mm-hmm. so they took that model and really made it. That's how hip hop came up, came about in France. And I was in the middle of all that. Yeah. And it it was very politically and socially amazing. engaged, just like hip hop was back then. Yep. All the party stuff came way later. Yep. Like much much later.
0: I mean, what Supreme NTM was getting in trouble with the police. Yes. And- so
1: NTM NTM was the NTM means Nick Damer, yep. which literally Tamer. means fuck your mother.
0: Exactly, I forget these names. Yeah, but fuck I do your mother. That. Yeah, yes. fuck
1: your mother is yeah. the <laughs> name of the name of the hip hop group duo. To this day, they're the best. They pioneers. Yep. Um, you know the very the very first hip hop show on TV in the world was in France. Hmm. It was called H-I-P-H-O-P.
0: I believe it. I mean, people don't understand when you go to other places that have their own cultures, like French hip hop dominated hip hop in France.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it France was the second country of hip hop. Yeah. Um, another little factoid. Um, you're familiar with your T V raps. Of course. So your T V raps was started by a French photographer. So, this lady called Sophie Branly, she was a photographer and she used to go back and forth between uh, Paris and New York. Mm-hmm. Early, she was just taking pictures and she knew Africa Bambata, she knew The Furious Five, she knew uh, Fab Five Freddy. So, she would go to New York and take pictures. And one day, MTV UK came to her and said, Hey, we want to start a. Uh, hip hop focused TV show what should we call it and she said yeah call it Yo and uh, so it started in the UK and she kind of like she had to produce it and everything and then the next year she told that uh, she told Fat Five, Five Freddy about it mm-hmm. I said yo I got this thing called Yo MTV wants to do with me but want not you take that model and start it in the US and that's how Yo MTV Raps came about
0: Man, that's crazy! I didn't know.
1: There's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, and when you talk to French rappers, when you talk to French, even French producers today or even back then, they always say, "Yeah, we we took the New York model and ran with it. We got I had our own producers, like it, like rappers early on in the '90s that could that could afford to go to New York to record their album, like I Am did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I Am is another." I am is from Marseille, south of France. It's like the other pioneer in in hip hop, in French hip hop. Uh, If you could afford to do that and get some of the best producers, you know, early on, there was in the nineties, there was so many. I was listening to this podcast called Featuring. Uh, It's a French podcast with this guy, this rapper named Driver, and uh, he has all these. He he calls it. I need to translate. Hold on. Am I good? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, like rappers, DJs, producers, he calls it man, like behind the scenes guys, mm-hmm. like the dude who produced, who found NTM, for example, the dude who used to make beats for I am or make beats for a uh, sniper or any of those. So, and, and it talks about how um, the relationship between, French rappers and producers and American rappers and 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 producers it was really tight back then. Like the first tour that the Roots the Roots went on was with a French rapper headlining.
2: Hmm.
1: Jay Z opened for a French rap group sure. in the nineties. Sure. So there's 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 always this like it's very it's a very close relationship. It's always I mean I don't know about today probably not today but. Back then, it was a very close relationship.
0: The first Devin show in Amsterdam, which was his first show in Europe, he opened up for Kubis and Yowat, who were just naderhop. Oh, wow. Dutch hip-hop, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it was it was everywhere. It was amazing. And, uh, man, I'll tell you an aside. <clears throat> I went to a festival uh, pre-pandemic, obviously, in Germany. It was a small town, but a big festival every year. This one had uh, one night, headliner was De La Soul. One was E40. Mm-hmm. They had Lords of the Underground, Onyx, uh, La Coca Nostra, uh, Black Star Reunion. Oh, wow. Um, it was a cool lineup, real heavy. Uh-huh. So it was f- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Friday night was all German, all German rap. Legends to new guys. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We're there. And... uh I was like, damn, if it's this big tonight, what's it gonna be like when it's Black Star and Taylor Soul and all this? It's gonna be crazy. DJ Quick was supposed to be there and he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. So the lineup was heavy. Friday night was nuts. The crowd was out of control, just excited. Mm-hmm. It was like half that Saturday and Sunday. It's really? Way smaller. For the bigger international American know. acts. Yeah, they knew they liked German hip hop. Yeah, but that's th- what they wanted. What I'm saying is like
1: a lot of like you assumed that. In, in your in your head, those are yeah. huge names, right? Yeah. Heavy lineup, but to them, if they didn't cross over, yep. they wouldn't know. I didn't know who the Beastie Boys were,
2: damn,
1: and because they were not international. Run DMC was not international. When I say international, I mean in Europe,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Maybe Canada, maybe Mexico. I don't know, but on in Europe, they were not played on the radio, right? and it's and what happened in in the 90s in France the the president cuz radio is, is free and public mm-hmm. in France at least back then it was and the president said we're going to have a um a 40% quota uh we need to have 40% like of french french, french yeah. music
0: Canada does that too
1: yeah so when that happened radios were like, we're going to play French hip hop. Mm-hmm. If you want to know about all the American stuff, we'll do some shows like late night you know, to play that. Or I remember there was a TV like at, at 1am on the sixth channel, you would see uh, music videos from the U S. So you'd see Wu Tang, you'd see, you know, Fugees, you see De La, you see all that stuff. I remember I used to tape all the music videos like yep. late night. I would stay up till three in the morning, taping them. Uh, but for, French hip hop was bubbling so fast and radios were like, Oh yeah, there's something going on here. We need to, we need to catch up. And so a lot of artists, even tribe, like you really, if, unless you were a DJ going back and forth between France and uh, New York or, I mean, in, or the U S you didn't necessarily know who tribe was. They were not played. Uh, think of another one. I
0: mean, in big daddy Kane, well, I mean, the early Def Jam guys definitely did European tours but I th- and, and run DMC, but I'm sure just like if you came to Texas, you would want to do Houston, Austin, Dallas, and San Antonio. But if you went to France, you probably just did Paris. Right. You know, you didn't probably even know you could go to Marseille. Exactly. You know, Devin, I've had one show with Devin the Dude in Paris, in France, not even in Paris. One show.
1: It was like a small,
0: it, oh, small venue. You want to hear this story? Please. This was messed up, and it sucks because – it was the last show of the tour. We had never been to France. Uh-huh. I'd been to France. What We'd year what, what are like, we talking? Maybe 2019. Probably twenty. Yeah, 2019. 19? Oh, just recent. Yeah, not that long ago. Okay. And do you know where Toulon? 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 Yeah, Toulon, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a, a smaller city by the water. And I thought we were going to the south of France. I was like, yeah, we're going to the... It's not that amazing. south, but just, it's still Toulon. I, yeah. Well, maybe it was not that. I don't know. We had, anyways, the guys, the people who picked us up they came too deep in a small car when i said uh, we have like things we don't say we need a black hummer or something but we need room for our luggage and things and to be halfway comfortable Uh and we didn't realize they flew us into an airport two hours away it was ridiculous and uh we get to the city and you could just tell something the town you could tell something was off Mm -hmm. and this was not too long this was a smaller place everything was closed people like that happened to be sitting outside like a cafe or something had just this look in their face. Almost everyone was, you know, immigrant Middle Eastern or something in this area. And it turns out, um, a young boy and like some athlete in the town had been shot. And this was like a little ongoing war where one of the groups came and like burned down a gas station. And, like this was right before we came. Oh, and they it was like a a riot scene there. And we were walking around not really knowing what was going on, you know. And we get to the venue and they put us in like the weirdest little hotel thing. I can't even explain. But uh, but we're like, okay, it's our first thing in France. Cool. (laughs) Get to the venue. Nobody came out because nobody was coming out of their house at the moment. Like they were scared. Like there was. You know their version of just a hood war or something in was this, that town and the police were everywhere. Was
1: this part of a bigger festival or show? This was a club. This was a bar. Okay, so the bar called you?
0: and A promoter in this town wanted to book Devin and I was like, finally, someone in France. Yeah, we'll do it. You know? That's crazy that we go to a small town like that. I mean, as that's a, the good thing about Devin is, as an artist is he, a lot of rappers and won't do that, but Devin would rather perform in a small town for lower money on a Tuesday than have a night off, you know, and like get the hotels taken care of and do a show, meet some people, sell some merch. Like we always, he's like workable mm-hmm. in these ways. And when we go to Europe, it's, it's work, but it's also a vacation. Like we talk about it, how much like better we eat. Oh yeah. Know, yeah. How yeah. much like better the, we yeah, like It's Everything not, it's is not like, just the show. <laughs> no, the show, but the, the, you know, the travel and the lifestyle. I mean, he'll take the train. If it's, if it's a trainable trip, uh-huh. We don't have to fly. It's, be- it's easier to get on the train and chill for a few hours and look at the the countryside. You know, he'll do all that. A lot of artists won't do that.
1: Well, I like to make the best of it.
0: Yeah, and we make the best of it completely. You know, I walk every city. We go to like, that's how I saw, found out what was going on in that town that day. I just started walking, looking for some food. Everything was closed. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and why does this look like the hood? And I thought I was coming to the beach in the south of France.
1: Yeah, this is next to Toulon. You're you're in like deep France, right there.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm wrong because we were definitely there. Was some it was more of a bay. We weren't like on a beach. There was we were on, there was water right there. But it was a town, not a
1: big city.
2: Right, right, okay.
0: But I've been to like other cities. I've been to Marseille. I've been to Nîmes. I've been to other places. I right never now.
1: been to Marseille. Believe no? it or not, no, I always stayed in the, like, near Paris. even Paris. I like the thing is because I left at sixteen. It was run around, around that time that was get to know Paris because our t- our town, if you, it, it it would take about an hour to get to Paris because mm-hmm. our town didn't have uh, buses. Like you, I went to high school in a town that was about thirty to forty minutes away. And even when I had my first class was at nine o'clock, I still had to take the seven o'clock bus. Mm-hmm. Cause, so our town was not served well when it came to public transportation. Right. And so going to Paris, is it's like, it's a mission. You get on the bus, you get on the train, and you have to figure out, okay, uh, if I want to make it back by dinner, uh, I need to leave Paris at like six to hopefully make it back by eight or something. And it's not the
0: easiest uh, place to figure out. No, no, no. I mean, now,
1: now, actually, uh, I went back to my hometown mm -hmm. in 2016, and now there's a, there's a a train station, but we didn't have that back then. Uh, So.
0: But then the, but the workers are on strike.
1: Look, look, (laughs) man, let me tell you something about the French. Ah. The the French protest all the time. You know, doctors, doctors, lawyers protest. Yeah. It's crazy. Right now, I don't know if you follow yeah, watch it, yeah. the, the the the
0: retirement age thing What's that's it? going on. Let me tell you this. What's going on right now? Mm-hmm. I was in Neem, January 2020. Uh-huh. They were having every single day, four or five times a day, they were having the same exact protest for the same exact It was the Yellow Jacket one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was there in, I was there in December of 2019. Yeah.
0: Right? And there was like... But it was about the retirement age thing and stuff too.
1: Yeah, so they wanted better pay. Yeah. Um, and they were... This is where the French fucking. All right, are we going political? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right, uh, the French mentality is very French. Don't like change. Mm-hmm. There's a way of life. There's a French way of life that the French trying to hold on to, and that you can't disturb. If when Starbucks came to France, people are like. What the fuck is this? I'm used to having my coffee at my local coffee shop Good. in the morning. Yeah, no, that's fine. But what <laughs> I, what it does that it puts yeah. a lot of these businesses this 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 business is out of business. Mm-hmm. The Starbucks shows up, you know, and um, anything that can disturb the French way life they don't like. Mm-hmm. So now the government goes, oh, we're going to introduce this bill that's going to. Like right now, it's like the the we're gonna move the the retirement age from sixty two to sixty four. Yeah, and millions of people out in the streets, millions all over France, and the the and the president is like, "No, we need this because we don't have enough money to support, you know, your pension. So we need people to to work longer, so that we economically, so we can support old folks." But he does it in a way, one, he introduces it right before the holidays. Some people protest and then there's no transportation and people go on strike during the holidays. It blocks the whole city, the whole country. Mm-hmm. And people are on the streets not working. I mean, a friend of mine was in France last week and he was telling me that you couldn't even get to the airport because the, they were protesting mm-hmm. at the airport. So people had to walk from the highway with their luggage to the terminal. Mm. And and I'm like Yo why are you trying to pass something During the holidays You have, to, you have the Olympic Games Olympics next year You just got out of COVID mm-hmm. Inflation's been a big deal Because everything went up uh, You're dealing with Unhappy French people Who don't like change And you're going to rush this bill Through and force it down Everybody and they don't like it and now you, and now everybody's in the streets. There are people getting arrested every day. They're burning cars. They're they're cutting the power and gas to um, like Congress people. It's like that. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, we're so divided in France. Fuck. Well, yeah, no shit. You you have
0: bad timing with your bills. But anyway, I don't want to... No, I love it. I love it because, man, I'm interested in that whole thing, man. I think... Uh, the French
1: are never happy. That's more of the the moral of the story is the French. You, you can tell... If you can uh, give a French person the best food in the world. He'll never say, this is delicious. He'll say,
0: not bad. Well, I had one of the best meals in the world I ever had due to a train strike. Oh, Going okay. from Copenhagen to try to get to Nîmes and... Uh, Got to Lyon, and there was one train the next day, but the rest of them were canceled. Everything mm-hmm. was canceled. So got to stay in Lyon that night, and, you know, that's a culinary capital right there. Yeah, that yeah. is, that's, you go in there. And <laughs> and literally, like, that's what I was saying, France is expensive, but I spent, like, 35 bucks each for, like, seven courses. It was nothing. It was so cheap and amazing in this little restaurant. And it was like, I was like, man, it didn't, it was... January of 2020, and they still had, like, a lot of Christmas stuff up. Like, the people hadn't come and taken <laughs> it down. So I was like, that beautiful city, walking around the lights. So I was like, Christmas is extended, you know, for a night. We had amazing food. This, the experience was so cool, but that was because uh, we couldn't get to where we were going because of the strike. But well, I got I, to have that great experience. But
1: that, that that's what they're trying to hold on to. Is mm-hmm. this, like, the French, the French way? You sit at a cafe, and, and the meal is three hours long. Yeah. Not 30 minutes like it is in this country. You know what? To this day, I don't eat dessert in the U.S.
0: No. Nope. Because it's not as good? Yeah.
1: It's (laughs) not. (laughs) It's fucking not. not. I mean, how many types of cheesecake and and chocolate, triple layer chocolate cake and ice, a bowl of ice, scoop of ice cream? Yeah. Like, I give me something else that's not instant diabetes.
0: Exactly. Mind, uh, that's something my wife is where when we can travel again. We're going through the whole process and things. When we can travel again, she's always like, "Man, I want good bread. <laughs> I need to get back to oh, France and get over man, there." I was, People don't know.
1: I was there in, in January this year, and it just I ate. I didn't. We have an apartment. My dad bought an apartment literally down the street from the Eiffel Tower. Like I can look out the window and it is Okay, Apple Tower. I saw your pictures. Yeah, and uh, just. This is what I love about big cities. New York is like that, too, where you feel like it's it's alive, you know what I mean, at mm-hmm. any time of day and night. Like, you can walk around. I remember walking down the docks uh, in Paris at 1 a.m., and I saw a bunch of people dancing a tango mm-hmm. with a little boombox and one street light. Just tango yep. at 1 a.m. I love that. New York is like that, too. Like, you, when you can really get lost in a city, that's like, oh, well, let me, I didn't have any agenda. I'm just going to go in this area and walk around. Walkable. Yeah, yeah and I'm going to go here. All right, why not? Okay, well, this is the uh, one time I was walking down, and I saw this little bar, and it said Phantom of the Opera. I'm like, I don't know shit about the Phantom of the Opera, but I, I, I recognize the name. I walk in and then the lady greets me and she goes yeah I'm a I'm the the descendant of the guy who wrote the thing and this is his bar I'm wow. like holy shit really like yeah and we've been here since he opened it back in the I don't know eighteen
0: hundreds or whatever yeah that's what I love
1: that that's what I love about Paris and New York is the same way Austin doesn't have that
0: no, they tear that down yeah <laughs> that's
1: gone yeah (laughs) that's fucking gone yeah that's fucking gone but you know it it is what it is there's no stopping it it's one of those yeah like you you can embrace it you can hate on it there's nothing you can really do i I think that every time i meet somebody who's who moves here and that's every day every time i meet comics so like i just got here yesterday from nola from new york from la whatever and um I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck another one. You know, I'm not like, oh, Californians go back home. The thing is, people moved to Austin for. For Austin, because it's been like rated best city for fill in the blank at this point. Education, jobs, quality of life, healthy living, uh, you know, uh, food, music, entertainment for years. And the memo get around and then people show up it's like any it's happening everywhere but the rate at which it's happening here is crazy mm-hmm. and people come here and they say okay where's the Austin that I, I was told about
0: like well it's still around it's at Barton Springs that's it sorry yeah no no it's, it's, <laughs> yes, yes it's over at Barton Springs and, and, and the, and the
1: spoke and Antones that's, that's all
0: we got yeah uh <laughs> I, it, that, that's what's heartbreaking to me have you been to an HEB? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> they're still building them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, there's a new one off of Town Lake you yep. can go to. But it's I, it, it sucks, but I, I, I think that it, it's people like you and me who are still here who can really make the difference and try to guide people and say, hey, yes, it's not as obvious as it used to be, but there are still people doing great things in the city. Or people who came here to do great things too, just mm-hmm. like we did. It was like other people came here in the 80s or the 90s or whatever. Um, it, it's just a great place to be in and to make something happen in the tight community where people support each o- each other.
0: I walk the line between the hating and the loving of it because I have my
1: moments too. Don't get me wrong.
0: <laughs> because like I had I had a longer moment of like hating on it and just being like, man, this is insane. But now I'm noticing. You know, everyone talks about diversity and inclusion now, which is important. Mm-hmm. Austin is not the most diverse place in the world, but Ooh. it's very far from it. It's the whitest place outside of Scandinavia. But <laughs> the uh, if you look around, it is diversifying a bit. It's happening to a an extent. Yeah. It's, it's not huge, but see- I'm, seeing more, I'm seeing more Asian people, more black people, more people coming here who aren't just white to live in this city. They came here, they escaped where they were from. Yeah. The taxes, the it's the, the COVID, the law, this and that. A lot of people came here for a lot of reasons. And I have friends who have come here, but I'm really happy they're here now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really cool. Um, so I can see it that way in a sense. I mean, like you talked about your podcast has transitioned more into talking to a lot of comedians, and mm-hmm. it's no secret that many, many comedians have moved to Austin, which is really interesting mm-hmm. to me, even if I don't love all the comedy. Mm-hmm. I think having a scene like that, you know, watch it develop in front of your eyes is really interesting. And I'll tell you, when I wasn't during the pandemic. I went to Pennsylvania to I had to help my mom. I was gone for some months, mm-hmm. and this dude came up to me. He's like, "Dude, you're so lucky to live in Austin." And I'm in my Austin bubble. I don't like. He's like all the best comedians live there now. I was like, "Really?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, dude, all the best podcasts, all them, they come from Austin." Oh my god. I was like, "Well, can you text me some of these and I'm going to check them out." He
1: didn't name mine, did it?
0: <laughs> uh, he named all the worst ones.
1: Oh shit. Like okay. things
0: I couldn't deal with. Like <laughs> uh, You want
1: to name drop some?
0: <laughs> I mean, no, I don't want to insult no, anybody, fine, it's but fine, it's fine. It's fine. You could you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, uh, I started watching them, I was like, "Whoa, this is what's Cuz see, look, man. I'm uh, you know me. I'm critical of things or whatever. I like, uh-huh. you know, I want to hear stuff. This music, I don't care if it's hot. I care if it's great. Right. I want to hear things from all over the world. I want to hear different perspectives. I want different sounds, different everything, and uh-huh. uniqueness. Um, that's the key right there. Comedy. I always say bad comedy is worse than bad music. It's more uncomfortable to sit through. True. When you're in the room, you know, and like. True, true, true. There's. And but everybody has their taste. I can also, I can also accept that completely. I may not be funny to lots of people, you know, but some people might like it. This, uh, so anyway, I started watching these things. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. But as after I did that, I started paying more attention and seeing like, man, this is like revolution going on over here. It's nuts.
1: It's nuts. It, it, here's what it is for, and I've been before this whole like resurgence happened um like cap city was pretty much my second home mhm the original the original yeah of the 1 of 183 yep. i used, since 2002 okay like i remember seeing louis ck there i remember seeing patrice O'Neill. man i remember seeing Carlos Mancia. i remember seeing um like dl ugly like way back mhm uh, i remember seeing richard jenny uh, that was at the paramount but anyway I've, I've I've always been a fan like mm-hmm. for even back in France, like I was that kid. I would quote, you know, uh, French comics do sketches at recess. Like I was that kid. And, uh, so back then there was only one gatekeeper in Austin. That was cap city. Mm-hmm. That's all we had. So if you didn't make it to that room, you didn't make it period. Yeah, just open mics.
0: It's kick butt.
1: Yeah, that was, yeah, that's the first one I ever did was really? kick butt. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, no, the, the very first one was at Cap City, and then fast forward seven years, I did it at Kick Butt for real, and then I've been doing I've been doing it ever since. But it's uh, so that was the gatekeeper. But with uh, with when COVID happened, uh, Vulcan Gas Company was yep. the one with Big Laugh Comedy. Shout out to Brandon. It was like uh, we can still do shows. This I'm talking like November 2020. Yeah. And he was like, I'll do my I'll, we'll do shows, we'll control. Work. Um, and um that's when Rogan was considering moving here, and Tony Hinchcliffe moved here. And then of course, uh, what's his name? Uh Ron White pretty much lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when that started happening, and then April 2021 is when Creek in the Cave moved from New York to Austin. Um and then people were like, oh yeah, this Austin is the place to be because there's no industry here. It's not New York, it's not LA, it's dead in the middle. And there's a scene to build. And so comics started moving here. Um, and because there was not enough stage, not enough stages to get on, they started producing their own shows. So they would go to a brewery or a music venue and say, Hey, let me have the Friday night, let me have the let me run an open mic on a Tuesday. Let me run um, uh, a theme show on a Saturday night. And to music on, to venue owners, like would I rather get a full band, have to worry about all this logistics of it all, or just have one mic, have a dude go up there and tell jokes? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and it sucks and it doesn't. You know, it, I think comedy is going to surpass live music uh, because it's it's less logistics it's less infrastructure and there's such a booming going on uh that like by the end by summer we'll have five clubs downtown Mm -hmm. within the two block radius of each other yep and so cap city is not the only thing anymore
0: and it's at the domain exactly exactly
1: so, you know, you still have, so Moon Tower is still running. It's like 11th year. I've been going every year. Uh, and now it's owned by Just for Laughs. Hmm. Um, it's the JFL Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Moon Tower used to be four or five days. Now it's 10 days. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, and, you know, Rogan opened a spot right before, like around South By, sold out shows. Um. People come here and they go, where's the comedy? And I'm like, it's everywhere. Open your fucking eyes. It's literally everywhere. And Did comics, you go to
0: Rogan's Club yet?
1: I got a tour of it during South By. I haven't seen the show there.
0: Because I want to know if the, what I read is a joke or not, but they were saying they were scanning faces huh? to get in. No. That was an article about his opening thing. It said they had a facial scanner like going through customs.
1: I don't know. I can't.
0: When you go, you need to let me know. Okay. I'll
1: let, I'll let
0: you know. I'm mean, like, i not even like. Because I'm not going until I know if I'm getting my face scanned or not. not <laughs> I, doubt scan. <laughs> I doubt it. I
1: doubt it. Honestly, I doubt it. But the the thing, the key is because there's no industry, there's no yeah. Netflix, there's none of that here. Eventually, it's going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Because, I mean, Netflix is part of Moon Tower. They have their own stage. Sure. So next thing you know, it's going to be, you know, we have the Paramount. We have the baskin Arthur Hall. We have the Moody Center.
0: I mean, Chappelle's, one of his came from here. There's been a few Netflix specials live from us. Yeah,
1: Andrew Schultz did a Paramount. Mo Ammer did a Paramount. That's right. Um, uh, Who else did a special here? Bobby Lee recorded a special here. Uh, Shane Gillis recorded a special here. Even there's local comics who who are already shooting their stuff Mm -hmm. here. So it, it, I think it's it, again, it's it, it's inevitable, I can't inevitable. I can say that Inevitable. Yeah, that word. Gotcha. Uh, so you embrace it or you don't, but there's no, there's no stopping it. That's just the way it goes.
0: I mean, to be honest, I'm not against it, and um, if I can go see the bands and the rappers and the people that I love somewhere besides Sixth Street, y'all, t- y'all take that. Comedians, y'all can have it. Please mm-hmm. take 6th Street and never, you know, like, I want to I see me. I want some north side venues. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm with it because, you know, this is what
1: the, <clears throat> what's happening is the. You won't need to go downtown to get your entertainment anymore. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that was the point of the domain. I yep. lived there for two years before the Rock Rose thing. And it was like, yeah, you know, you live here, you work here, you eat here, you party here. It's like, OK, cool. And so now there's going to be pockets. Yep you know, from Georgetown all the way down to San Marcus. And so I'm I'm seeing there's a whole strip off of um is it like slaughter
0: area? Yeah, now, I mean the fire out lounge and the little darling and armadillo. Uh-huh. All those are great
1: venues for music. Exactly. So that I think that's a great thing having it to where it's decentralized mm-hmm. and it's accessible to more folks. They don't have to deal with parking no that yeah. much or homeless people, yep. you know, hassling them and shit. I'm all for it. So, uh, so I mean that that's a plus. But I still I think that if there was a way for music to latch on to this comedy boom, I mean, look at a uh, Kill Tony the Kill Tony band.
0: Mm-hmm. D Madness.
1: Yeah. D Madness, Michael Gonzalez, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. John D's like, he's part of that band. And yep. I'm like, here's, here, here are some guys, very talented musicians. who have been in Austin for a long time. And now they're on the world stage because of the Kill Tony podcast. Yep. Makes perfect sense. So I hope to see more of that. I really, I really do. Because I think that even though the city's grown and it's changing, uh, what I love about Austin is the the sense of collaboration and the sense of yo we're Austin first. Like every organization is Austin and then fill in the blank or whatever you're doing, right? Austin supports Austin before supporting stuff from outside, mm-hmm. right? So I I would love to see more collaboration and more like hey let's do let's do a show and then you know. Throw some comics on or vice versa comedy show. And there's, there's the band, you know, afterwards or a DJ afterwards or whatever. Because we mean, have the talent.
0: Fun, fun, fun fest was doing it for years. Yeah, that's true. You know, I miss <laughs> yeah. that. That's, that's what we need back is fun, fun, oh, fun man, fest. Oh, man, that was. The best.
1: Look, I was never a fan of ACL. No. And I liked South By like 12 years ago. But fun fest was always my favorite. Festival. And no comparison, and art outside. I like art outside too.
0: Yeah, that's cool too. But there's no comparison anywhere to what Fun Fun Fun, Fun oh, just yeah. put together. It yeah. was amazing.
1: It had a comedy stage. They had remember that year they had a uh, midget wrestling.
0: Yep. <laughs> they had straight up all kind, wrestling the whole time. Right? Yeah, they had a wrestling st- you know ring in the middle of just in the middle of everything. Yeah,
1: they had a skating ramp.
0: Yep. Um, and it it was just and they had legends and the newest, yeah. coolest. You know, cutting-edge talent. And from hip-hop to electronic to punk to metal to...
1: Yep, yep. Remember the year that it was, they had... I think the last show was the time they had Lauren Hill. Remember that?
0: Yes, Lauren Hill was playing on one stage. Odessa was on another, I think. they
1: had to cut her off.
0: Oh, that was a horrible show.
1: Yeah, because that to... Like, in the middle of a... Like, that to shut off at 10. And they basically cut her mic off. Of course, she was late. But she-
0: no, but she just sat on a couch cussing out her musicians the whole time. Ugh. It was horrible. It was really embarrassing to watch, man. Like I think we walked out before it was cut off, just to just to get get away from that.
1: Yeah, they had they Wu Tang one year. I remember that. On DMC. Yeah. Uh, what's what's that that um, dude or girl from uh, New Orleans who does the Freedia? Yeah, Big, Big Freedia. Freedia. Yeah, Big Freedia. Yeah, she was she, she was a. They had her constant. <laughs> Lots of people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: We had a show at South by that uh, the city of New Orleans would always bring in all these, like what you would expect from New Orleans at South Dye, before bounce. Oh, before and, bounce. No, no. I mean like they play more like swamp rock and stuff. Like, okay. But then these same people were like, man, we need to bring a bounce show. And they called my friend Craig Stewart and he put them on to me. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes, please. Partners in crime, big Freedia, Katie red, uh, whole list of great people. And, uh, um south by and you know we weren't sure what it was going to do they put it at subterranean which is right next to the convention center very small room mm-hmm. and like i went there for a few times through that that night and that place was uncomfortably packed and plus it was sweaty just dancing people going off and <laughs> fredia just her wild show uh vodka radu all of them were on that show uh-huh. and uh it was amazing and from there it became like that became like their second home, like Mohawk and Fun 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 Fest, and all yeah. of them bringing Freddie in just blew up. And she put in the work. I mean, she did. Yes, Amazing show. Yeah. She uh, definitely put on the show. <laughs> yeah. But those were the days, man. Like, I think uh, that's what something that needs to come back is Fun 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 Fest for real.
1: Even if it's on a smaller scale, it, yeah. it's just the, the format of like. Like people say, like you fly in for ACL, but you drive in for FunFest.
0: Well, ACL would do seventy to ninety thousand people per day, whereas Fun Fun FunFest was about fifteen thousand. Yeah, so there's a huge difference. Yeah, but, but it, fifteen thousand is nothing to sneeze at.
1: But it, it it wasn't no, not at all, not at all. But yeah. I, I think the 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 wide range of music mm. that you had at FunFest, but also it's fun fest. Like there's other things to do. Did yeah. you go to sound on town? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like something like that to me was yeah. like, how do you take it to the next level? Yeah. We're going to take it to the freaking Renaissance. Yeah. And we're going to camp for, for a weekend and we're going to have like, I remember they had they had comedy late night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, they had a jousting. Yep. They had a joust competition. Like they had stands, like you could go and 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 the food was delicious. I remember, but just that experience, I'm like, man, this is yeah, this run is, the jewels
0: and Black Flag. Oh, the uh, Black Flag. and uh, Cat. Remember, Thundercat? remember Thundercat? seeing Cat, Yeah,
1: yeah, that was yo, that was a show.
0: That was amazing, and that rain was insane. And that Sunday, yeah. Somehow I was with a friend of mine, and we were right by where all the food was, uh-huh. and you know, it was, it's the old. It's the Sherwood Forest. It's where they have the right. Renaissance fairs. So there was this building where they were like storing things. It looked like an old German sort of building or something. Mm-hmm. And when the rain came, they were like clearing everybody out. But we had passes that weren't like working or whatever. We had these passes, and we just looked around and saw this little building and jumped in there and just hung out and waited out the rain in like this little thing. But had the cancel the whole thing on a Sunday. Yeah. 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 Later they did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. They they put it. uh what's, what's the dude's name again? What, Graham. It was, yeah, Graham Williams.
0: Yeah, they were Margin Walker then. Their yeah, was down presents now. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's been on. Yeah, he's been on my podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to that, like you want to hear some stories around Fun Fest, it was right before Sound on Sound actually that I had him on.
0: That's right, I remember. Right before Sound on Sound. Wow. Yeah, I'd definitely watch that one.
1: Man, yeah, I'm, I, we're just going to sit here and reminisce.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it is. It, it is what it is. It's all good. It's just a real talk. I, I mean, I, I, I think that you need
1: to know, if you're coming to Austin and you want to know about the history of this city, you know, listening to your show, listening to my show, even, uh, what's his name? Uh, who does the, how did I get here? Johnny Gowdy. Right. Johnny Gowdy, by the time I started, he was already at 300 episodes or something, right. right? So Johnny Gowdy, like, also, like, been on point when it comes to, like, podcasting. So I, I I just think it's necessary for people to pay attention and listen to, you know, the OGs, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and really to learn, like, where Austin came from. Because, yeah, you look at, you come in here, you're looking for the charm, and it's not here, but we can tell you. You know, and I, 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 I think it, yeah.
0: There's places to go still. I mean, it is what it is. You have to adapt, and uh... well, the I think
1: it's a, it's not so much, like they
0: were. They, it used to be you could
1: tell somebody yo. Any day of the week, go to plush. Mm-hmm. Like you're guaranteed a nice time, whether it's the table manners or it's the Tuesday with the, uh, no, it wasn't Thursday. What did they play on Tuesday? No, it wasn't a house. Uh, like d base or something like that on Tuesdays at Plush, mm-hmm. right? That's where, you know, uh, Body Rock started. You know, this is where Chicken Chores, knickknack, like all these guys, or talk about Nasties, like, yo, that this is the place. And now, it's more about who's doing what where than go to this place. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, my favorite spot back in the day, like, was Red Fez.
0: That was something.
1: Yes, so Red Fez was at the time where the White House District, which is goes from Congress to uh, Guadalupe downtown, that's where the Warehouse District started blowing up, and that was the place where you had from Monday to Sunday. Every night was different. You had Inverse on Mondays, Manny on Tuesdays, Wednesdays was uh, was a curve, no Curves have Thursdays, and then. You had, of course, of course, corrupt on Sundays, mm-hmm. and it's like, yo, I'm telling you, if you're there on any given night, it's gonna be dope. But now it's like, okay, uh, who's doing what where, right? Like, okay, the Boogie Crew is still around doing stuff at Nickel City, you know. Body Rock is still doing their thing, and they bounce around too, you know. Uh, some of the the, my, the feedback parties I used to do back in the day, now I'm doing this record play joint, and it depends. I'll do it at a different at a different spot, so. It's more about keeping up with who's doing what where than this is the place to be, mm-hmm. and you just got to know, or you you know you ask people who know,
0: and thank God Flamingo Cantina still exists. Yes, yo, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, shout out
1: to Doug. Shout out to Mecca, man. Shout out to Mecca and Notion.
0: Yeah, I need to get them on here for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I'm sure they got stories. They've got stories. I'm sure they got stories. No, Notion. I, I love someone like DJ Notion because he's a he's a hip hop head and the kind of people he books, like you have to know. He who takes he, chances. Yes. Like I remember seeing um Afro mm-hmm. and already the Rugged Man pack a house. And then he had like large professor. Yep. You know, come through. Um, I think one time yeah, did he have Elzai? So I'm like, he's all the ground cat. On the ground hip hop cat. So the people, He's doing the
0: whole Souls of Mischief. That's true. Texas, yeah, man. yeah,
1: he is. Yeah, he is. That's right. That's right. But you remember back in the day, you had Knuckle Rumbler doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, you had um, Chris Proper yep. doing things. You were doing stuff. So there was... Okay. And then you had... Um, uh, you know, Table Manners was doing stuff. You had... Uh, hip hop Hum day back in the day so there was a lot of people doing things and now it's like yeah you just have to, you just have to know but yeah flamingo definitely flamingo did the the uh ring the alarm for yeah. years that yeah. was that was my church yeah you know back when baby g and John ja mighty did their thing there and then ja flex took over and then it was just hey where I hear reggae in Austin uh, this is the spot they're still doing it are they yeah Ja Flex still does it once a month there
0: at uh At Flamingo.
1: Flamingo, oh damn. yeah, okay. It, it's it's I mean, it's not ring the alarm like back in the day, but it's like he, he made sure that yo, Flamingo was the spot over 10 years ago. And so I want to maintain that, even though now he can do you know Dante's high five, do it there or wherever. But you know, this is the spot. Mm hmm. And it's fun. I love it because I'm like, I need my dance hall fixed. And nobody's doing dance hall reggae anymore since Ring the Alarm died. So he took it upon himself to bring it. And I'm like, salute to you.
0: Seriously. Yeah, I want to bring Baby G out of retirement. I got Oh, I've been, I haven't been, have
1: seen him in so long. But last time I saw him was like, hey, man, I, we need you. Yeah. <laughs> I need Mel to, Mel's coming out. He's bringing his early parties back. Okay. Uh, at three ten, I think it's April first or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I miss I miss all those guys seriously. I miss table manners. I miss because I mean I I was always, I always gravitated towards DJs more than musicians and um, just live music in general. Uh, my my brother was a DJ growing up, and he introduced me to all kinds of stuff as a kid. So when I come here and I'm like, oh, you got to know who Manny is. Manny's the only DJ that will play a record and then go down to the dance floor and and dance with everybody and then run back and spend more and then go back. Oh, you have to meet Orion from Perigrosa. And I remember when he used to throw parties on campus in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Set up his stuff in the driveway and play there when in college. And so... You know, when you, you come from that and you see where they're at now, where there's, you know, he has the Pedigrosa house and it's like a Wu-Tang clan of DJs there's like 12 of them or something. You know, and I'm like, yeah, salute that. So if you want to know about, hey, who's doing all the, the kumya and the the Latin music, Latin-infused everything, mm-hmm. you got to go see the Pedigrosa guys. You know what I mean? And when Table Manners came around, it was the same thing. They were doing two-by-fours, you know, consistently. Every Saturday at Plush. And that became... A church to a lot of people. Body rock, same thing. So I think there's still people making moves. Is it's just the uh, now that it's so decentralized and everybody's doing doing something, especially people who just got here, like, oh wow, okay, I got some money, I can open a club or I can start throwing events. I mean, there's so many I've never seen that many black parties ever. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that?
0: Here now? Yes. Yeah, it's happening.
1: It's nuts. Like, there's these these hookah lounges and shopping centers off of Burnett Road, off of 183, that go till 5 a.m. Afrobeats.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's dope. I, I found out,
1: like, a year ago. Yeah. And I'm like, dope. Keep doing that. Keep doing something different. Because 6th Street ain't 6th Street no more. Right? Yeah, if you're a college kid, fine. Just want to hop around, get drunk, cool. But if you... If you're grown, or you really want to dig deeper into the Austin scene, then have a plan, not a plan, but like uh, a target. Like, what are you trying to get into? It's not about hopping around no more, right? It's like, oh, well, I want to check out some, where's the funk? Okay, well, Austin Boogie Crew. Or Ladies Night at Sahara Lounge once a month. On the mm-hmm. Friday, and it's all funk. Everybody dances, it's a good time. All right, cool. What else? Uh, I want to see. I want some jazz. I want some blues. All right, cool. Tuesdays, half step. You know, Mackin' them, and so it, like it's, a normal city. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it does. <not laughs> I mean, it,
1: it is, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm tired of people coming up here and asking where's the good shit, and and I'm like it's out there mm-hmm. or complaining or saying that it's gone to some extent. No, I agree. I, no, mean, I, I agree with you. It's, it's not the same as it used to be. And to get it to back to that is nearly impossible. So these are the cars we're, we're dealt, right? We have, I mean, even eh, five, six years ago, it was like a hundred people move to Austin every day. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably tripled, right? So this is this is the environment. This is the landscape you're working with. How do you um, take advantage of it and bring something, contribute and bring something different? Because if it's just, yeah, I'm just throwing parties. It gives a shit. Everybody can do that. Anybody can say, okay, I'm going to take over this club and we're going to have DJ such and such or, you know, artists, MC such and such. And we're going to have a, a show. Like, oh, okay, cool. But why would I get in my car knowing how bad traffic is, right? Or get a lift and pay $80 living in Georgetown, right? To come all the way down wherever for your party. Like, give me something different. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your 30s and you got some money, but you also have obligations, you got to get up in the morning, you got kids, you got jobs, you got other things going on. It's like, I'm going to choose my battles carefully. So if I'm going to go out on a Saturday night, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to try to hop around Sixth Street. I'm not trying to go to Rainy and hope for the best. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that if i going to allocate the money and the time that night, it better fucking count. So, okay, well, here's this, here's that. It's Tuesday, this is Saturday, this is once a month, this is every month, this is every other month, this is once a year, whatever. But it's got to be something worth my time. I mean we're not in our twenties
2: anymore.
0: <laughs> well no, I mean when people get older and, and go out less and have more obligations and things change, the scene changes, but I, I will say sometimes one of the changes that's what I've seen is back in the day, if you went to plush, you knew exactly who you were gonna see. Right. If you went to a hip hop show, you knew who you knew half the people there. If you went to a regular yeah, sure. show, you knew who was gonna be there. Like I'll go to a show and I don't go out as much as I used to by any means. And uh-huh. if some like say Mad Professor when he came. Right. I was like, man, to me, that's huge. That mm-hmm. Fleming, I was like, it's going to be packed. I know so it's, everybody's going to be there. It's going to be crazy. Man, well, I didn't really know anybody there. And it was packed enough, but it wasn't packed, packed like for a legend, legend on a Saturday. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people move on. They don't all just go out anymore. Like these hip hop shows, I'd love to see young people going out to see the old school hip hop. You know, like, I, there's certain people in Austin I really don't want to see at all, to be honest. So that keeps me from going to certain things. But that then when I started, kind of giving you know, opening up again, being like, oh, whatever. I don't give a shit if I see this person, but I don't really want to. But I'll go. then I'm like, man, these idiots aren't here anymore. It's a bunch of kids, and people. Are like, this is great. Well, you know, I was
1: actually funny when I ran into you at the at Shangri Mm-hmm. during stop by right yeah lineup is dope it's j live is homeboy mm-hmm. sandman yeah. you know Cruz. yes and i'm like like you you're you gotta know who those people are on stage right mm-hmm. i'm standing in line i'm pissed as fuck because j live is on and i'm yep. missing it why because yep. there's a line out the door and i ran into uh um, most from crew five four okay he walked out and he was telling me, Yo, J Live just killed it, but it's not packed in there. Where's their line out the door? And I'm like, I don't know why they're doing this. This should let everybody Man, in.
0: I got it. I could talk to you about that right now. Yeah, well,
1: so hold on. So I, I, I go in there and I walk I I don't really hang out at Shangular. And I walk in, I'm okay, this is inside, okay, cool. Patio. I go to the patio and I'm like, This is the neighborhood joint. Like this is people come here to hang out, not to see a hip hop show. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't care who's on stage. Right. And as the night went on, I was like, especially when Homeboy came on. Yeah. I don't know before, but the people who were there for Homeboy, I was surprised. The people who were there for Homeboy, like they knew that's Homeboy's handman on stage. They were rapping along. I'm like, okay, these are true heads. But that represented maybe... A quarter, maybe a fifth of all the people that were in that venue. So I'm like, yo, if you're going to book an underground, especially an underground show, you want to make it make I'd rather see an intimate show with a whole morning sandman than be at a hangout spot on the east side with a bunch of 20 year olds who don't know what the fuck is going on. That's that was my take. But go ahead. You said,
0: well, I went there. I had was, you know, I had Devin over at Bastards Barbecue and stuff, so I couldn't come right in the beginning of, of Sandman's show, but I got there right before Sandman started. Mm-hmm. When I got there, they were still online line around the corner and I had flashbacks of when I used to work at South by because we'd book these indie, but they have these rules only certain, we're going to only let a certain amount of paid customers in like 10% of the capacity can pay to get a ticket, but we have to keep the rest open for badges and wristbands. Mm-hmm. Well, badges for sure aren't coming to homeboy Sandman's show. Right, I didn't. You know, it was an official thing. It was official, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it was official, and some. Uh, I hooked him up with Hobbs, and some. Oh, Hobbs is
1: still booking for South by yeah, Hip Hop. Oh, yeah. nice.
0: And uh, and uh, uh, uh so I'm looking at. I had a bad like a flashback of back in the day when I worked at South by. I'd go to these places and I'd be like, "There's why are these this the place is not full." And you got people standing right here that could be in there drinking and partying and and enjoying the show. Let these people in like, well, South by said, I'm like, I am South by at this moment. And let these people in now. So it is policy. There's policy for like for the because, you know, they do want to make priority for badges and wristbands. But a show like that is not You know, the fans in. That's the fact the fans are going to that show. Yeah, they're not hopping around. They're going for that whole show because it was a really cohesive, dope show. I was so, so
1: I was so pissed. I miss bragging rights. I heard him. I heard yeah. him do bragging rights on the turntables from outside. I was so pissed off.
0: Yeah, exactly. See, so I. I mean, I used to always do that. I would go up to the the store door person and say, "Look, man, the place isn't packed. We need people in there. Get them in. Get them in now. You know, like you have to do that." And so that I was. I had like a weird, like it was a crazy flashback feeling of doing that. But
1: it didn't even. I mean, it's especially now that. There's not as many places where Sabai can do shows because back then you had I remember seeing Snoop in the warehouse on Fourth Street. Yeah. Or Pepsi had a lot, you know, uh not Nike, um not Spotify. Anyway, like a there was a activation on a parking lot, and then you got to see whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's no parking lots. Now no there's more. no parking lots, there's no, no. parking lots so now the venues are kind of apart, so if you plan on going to some place, you're going there for a reason because you know, yo, I'm gonna stay here. The lineup looks dope. I'm gonna be here.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, don't let people in. That's just dumb. Yeah, that, but I'm was, glad. I'm glad, homeboy, got a good set though, and and people really got into it because like they knew the shit. But every.
0: I, but then Quella Chris got on and did this quiet little thing and every idiot at South By is just talk, 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 and drive me crazy.
1: Yeah. But, you know. I don't know. This year I didn't really, this the first year that I really didn't care much. Because, I mean, I used to do South By hardcore like 10 years ago. And to where, took the week off, I'm hopping around, I'm jumping VIP lines. like I'm doing all this stuff. And this year, I was like, you know, I'm going to be really strategic. I knew what with what Paul did at, mm-hmm. with the open house. I'm like, if I just post up there for three days, I'm guaranteed to see dope shit. And also, I'm guaranteed to run into people I haven't seen in a while. I ran into you. You know, I hadn't seen Nick Nack in a long time. You know, I hadn't seen April Cook in a long time. I ran into all kinds of people. And I'm like, yo, I knew. It was the same last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Last year, Bass's Barbecue. I was. I like I'd rather have that than trying to hustle my way mm-hmm. to and jumping on lifts and scooters and trying to get to one show to the next. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it at this point.
0: I mean, well, you came from the era where it went over the top and it was way too much. And now, yeah, I feel like it's still big. It's still great, but it's not over the top. It's not painful to get into these places. It was a, it was a great year this year and last year for the consumer.
1: Yeah. What about for the artists? Have you heard anything?
0: I mean, you're going to get both sides of the story every year, no matter what, for the artist. It's not an easy event to play. Of course. Loading your stuff in and out of these six-street venues and all. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's its an expense. It is what it is. If you want to do it, make the most of it, make the best of it. I don't know. The the storm didn't help anything. That screwed a lot of people.
1: Oh, the the Uzi version one got canceled. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah Killer yeah,
0: Mike right. ended up doing the inside stage at Stubbs, like small room. Uh-huh. And I was lucky enough to be in there. But, like, uh, Vic uh, Galloway, a DJ on BBC Scotland, who we know, he did an, There was a... The Scotland night was, um, I think, at the... Uh, whatever. On the west side, it was an outdoor thing. Uh-huh. And he said only four of their seven bands got to play because they were mandatorily shut down during that storm. And that's from... They came from Scotland. So, wow. And you can't do anything about storms like that, but that was... That's sad.
1: Actually, this shut down at native too. Like they just cut yeah. it. I'm like, you're we're inside. I'm like, no, you got to get away from the windows.
2: Yeah, and I'm mean, like you can
1: still get the shit going, but yeah. <laughs> like, no, we got to cut it, cut it down. Oh my god, whatever.
0: Man, well, I watched. I was, I mean, I was in the like VIP area in the back of Stubbs, thankfully, uh-huh. right before the storm came. And I looked out the windows at the crowd being ushered out of like a thousand people being ushered out of stubs. Like I was like, "Oh my god, this is horrible, horrible." And then the I storm mean it, came. It was like it was intense.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing you can do. It's no. it's, it's really it, it's one of those, you know, it's a risk, but act of yeah. God. Yeah, nothing That's, you can do about it. Can't do anything it. about it. But I, I, where do you see where do you see it going from here? Knowing that there's probably going to be less spaces next year Right. with all the construction. Traffic's still so horrible. You know, it's so, I'm surprised when I, I actually DM J live. I was like, yo, last time you were here was that I remember it was like 2011. You know, I remember talking to uh black milk when he came, I think it was 2014 or 2013. He's like, I'm not coming back. Cause it's, it's so much just, we get zero help and we have to lug all, all of our gear from one place to the next, a full on band and everything It's like, Oh, uh, it's too much. Yeah, it is. So, so, I wonder, and also, I, don't, I, don't, I, I wanted to ask you this, actually. The last, the Saturday of the music conference, the last Saturday of South By, really, is usually the biggest night. How was it? Because it felt really quiet.
0: I heard that. I um, Saturday, we were, we came home and watched Austin FC. I didn't go out Saturday night. No, we were out during the day.
1: I didn't hear of any
0: either, like, show. Nobody was big shot. Show. No, yeah, <laughs> thank God. God.
1: Nobody got ran over.
0: Yeah, Well, You know, it was pretty peaceful for what it's worth. Because that's usually
1: the big one. Like, Sixth Street is back yeah. with people giving out flyers, doing shows. But I felt like the music has shifted up to the tech part because the names are bigger. And the access is easier, and the drinks are cheaper, if not free, right? Because when G- Group Black brings Rayquan, yeah, on a Friday night, was on a Saturday night, right? You're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go see Rayquan,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, or there was, um, no, Pack this Pack came for the music stuff, but anyway, it, it's like the music part maybe has become less of a focus? Do you? Do you, do you see? I'm asking. I, I'm curious. That's I, been I,
0: being said for years. I mean, that was being I've been gone 10 years and that was being said back in those days. Oh, too. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's interactive. It's huge. It is what it is. It's I where mean, the money is. It's where the money is and it's what this town is, you know, in a big way. Um, Regarding South By, it's gone up and down for its whole existence. It's mm-hmm. had bigger years, some years and smaller years, other years. I've watched it myself, you know, and I think what triggered the big part of the 2000s was hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the growth of that. And, you know, there's no Freaknik anymore. There's not a lot of those events are gone. So what was the place where we could all go gather? Was Fader here this year? I heard there was a Fader for it, but I never went. I didn't know where, do no know where it was.
1: I, I heard it was on Fourth and uh, Congress, where the Transformers thing was.
0: That was, yeah, the Porsche thing.
1: Yeah, the Porsche thing. So I, I, I heard that's that was what, what the I was. Fader was. But I, I, didn't I mean, compared know. to what it was Nothing. at the, uh, the uh, by the tracks. It's way different. Exactly.
0: I'm sure it's all different people, and except through the owners, you know, my people. I don't know anybody at Fader anymore. I mean, I knew the owners back in the day, but my right. people, people, they don't, they're not there.
1: But you, but you knew that every year there was, the, there was the fatal four. it. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the other ones, like the big stages that you were guaranteed to see like dope shit. Red Bull. Yeah. Red Bull. That's right. I remember the Red Bull after parties by the tracks on, on West 5th. Yeah. <laughs> so do, do you think it's, I mean, yeah, it, it has its ups and downs, but I, I think that. Well, let me ask you, do you think it's going to expand next year or is music it going to shrink? Is,
0: music in in particular or the whole thing?
1: Well, tech is probably going to get bigger, but, but the music part.
0: What has to happen is what I was saying with the hip hop thing is it was new blood, new breath. Right. What's happening in music, what's really going on that's going to bring more people in, is it... Afrobeats beats into my piano and the sounds coming that everybody's listened to everywhere else in the world and here. But mm-hmm. is it that, is it bigger Latin music presence? Is it something that's going to spark another scene to want to come and in mass and be here? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry, but early on in Austin, there's always been a divide. And I used to hear good friends of mine say, I'm not going to that white people shit, Mm -hmm. you know? And South by a lot of the stuff in my first few years, even, I mean, we brought in, you know, a diverse group of artists. We brought in diverse crowds and stuff, Mm -hmm. but as it grew and the word got out in the black community, in the hip hop rap fan community, Mm -hmm. in the college world, you know, we took, you know, the te- fucking half of Sixth Street would close during Texas Relays, if you remember, yeah, yeah, for yeah. some years. yeah. South by became a place where lots of people could converge and be a part of and perform, and that would be official and unofficial mm-hmm. and really cool and pay to play. And there was a w- wide range of things going on there because of hip hop. Right. Genuinely. For better or for worse, too, because some of that shit sucked. But yeah. A lot of it sucked. <laughs> but. Um, You know, because every janky promoter in the country came. <laughs> that being said, so that's got died down some, which is a good thing. Because the good stuff still exists. Mm-hmm. But what's next? What's the next sound? If we're talking just music in particular, what's going to make people come down here? The guys who were bringing Wilco and things back in the day are probably 60 years old now. Mm-hmm. They're not coming. Where's What's the industry that we need to attract for this you know the sound like what and i think it is african music i think that uh afro, afro beats i mean afro beats and Amapiano piano and that's what we listen to that's what we have on all the time here i know like where you know put the major league djs on the outdoor stage at a uh, auditorium shores and see what happens but people know that that's happening interesting. you know you probably won't get whiz kid and burner boy but if the fader was still what the fader was or stage like that, yeah, you would, that's who they would be bringing. Yeah. It makes sense. Did you see the NCAA or was it with the all-star game where it was like burner boy and all them were on there? No, It it was amazing. And like, it was the NBA all-star and uh, man, that's what's happening right now. And the people who the people are listening. So give them their first chance to really see all that. That's going to make a difference. I bet. Uh, but you always have to stay kind of cutting edge and you can't dial it in. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times things do get dialed in or, you know, the big companies around here, like you said, you don't really love ACL Fest. I don't either. That's not interesting to me. It's You know, I want cutting edge. I want new, you know, yeah. like we have to get around all those obstacles Mm -hmm. and figure out how we can sustain and they can make money. And the company can survive, and the venues can survive mm-hmm. by taking this chance, like they did with hip hop.
1: Are you Are you familiar with Afrotech? Of course, yeah. Did you see it? Were you there in November?
0: Man, no. And I don't know what happened where we were, but I do. The killer might come for that, not this one. But yes, uh, I know that. This,
2: this,
1: this was their first year, so they have okay. a three year deal okay. in Austin, right? Yep. So Afrotech... Is like a black South by Southwest. Let's call it what it is. That's really what it is, and I was gladly surprised to see, um, black folks from all over the country, actually all over the world, mm-hmm. and and including Africans, yeah, including Africans, converge down to Austin and basically throw black South by Southwest where yeah. they had conferences, they had keynote speakers. They had seminars, and then they had the par- they had the events, you know, and um so
0: I need to get a job there,
1: yo. And <laughs> the, the only thing that sucked about not the only thing uh, there's tons of stuff that sucked sucked about it, but <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined all my chance. No, 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 no. no <laughs> but hold on, hold on. no. What, what I'm trying to say is, it, it was their first year in Austin, yeah. right? So they got a taste of how Austin operates, right? The thing is, AfroTech been a- around for a long time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and They basically went, um, from what I heard, uh, a lot of of out-of-town folks, even production companies from out-of-town came here, put the thing together, and then took off. So they didn't really utilize the existing infrastructure that we have here, whether it's it's production, it's artists, it's... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, sound guys, it's all engineers. It's all of that stuff. Right. And a lot of local folks were like, yo, so you're bringing folks from Atlanta, from California and all that stuff. And then they come they make their money and they leave. So my hope is that the next couple of years, we're able to leverage the Austin talent and the Austin, um, infrastructure that we have. Mm-hmm. And be like, yo, this is the Austin version of Afro tech. So, And now that we... I mean, the black population, I think, has gone down. It's like under 7% now.
0: In the city proper. Yeah. And so... The cool population went down, too. Yeah. In (laughs) the the city proper. It got old, too. Yeah. Uh, But
1: I see see more and more black events now than ever. Yeah. Between Encore and Remix and what's popping. I'm doing stuff myself. It's like... There is a market for doing black black events mm-hmm. but but my uh my only asterisk to this is like I was saying earlier if you do something different, yep do be innovative, try to you know, yeah, we like to party, like to drink to music, great, but come up with new ideas come up with work with people work with people who are doing dope shit already and be like, okay, how can we work together and do something dope for this city and, and bring and merge our audiences. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're, if you're doing a, uh, if you're doing a show and you're saying, okay, well we're going to, the lineup will be diverse. We'll have local guys and we'll have guys from out of town, or maybe we'll have somebody you already know, but we'll bring in, you know, a a local artist to open so we can merge the two, or have a rock band with a hip hop group or whatever. But make it to where, make it easy for people to get a taste of everything we have to offer at once. So you don't. Oh wow, I like it just. It's the same with comedians, right? So they tour they on, on the road all the time. They come to Austin, okay, let's see who we can find, who can feature, who can open, who can host, mm-hmm. right? So these guys came to see the headliner, and now they introduce these three guys. One of them might suck. Two of them might suck. One of them be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll follow this guy and see what else he got going on. And that's how you get int- introduced to, to new things. And it, it it becomes easier to find the dope shit because it works by association. It's like It's like looking at a... At, at the back of a of an album and you go, yo, I love this artist. I got the album. Oh, featuring this guy. Oh shit, I love this song. Let me see what this guy, what this guy has. I'm gonna go get his stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you extrapolate and you keep building your network like that. And next thing you know, you know all the dope people doing dope shit. And then you grow accordingly and you invite people and you say, yo, I, I know this thing, you know, it's once a month, or I know this artist is gonna be in town and I'm sure that whoever is going to be on the bill with him is going to be a good time or this guy is doing events and it's something different. Let's make sure we write down on our agenda and make plans accordingly. So we can attend. It's, it's, it's things like that. I think that will get Austin to the next step. If everybody's just trying to own a crowd, own an audience, trying to do things in there, I want to be the go-to. I want to be the, 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 uh, if you want to know what's happening in Austin I I want you to go to my website And follow my Instagram account It's never going to work But if you see people doing dope shit And you share it And you say oh yeah I'll come and check it out I'll come support And maybe down the road we work together or on, some, on something I, I I really think that that's how We get out of this Uh, uh, Like where's Where's the dope shit happening? Just gotta find dope people doing dope shit. For I mean,
0: support. Austin's a bigger place now, but Austin has always complained about outsiders doing things from yeah. the whole time I've ever been here. That's true. People have cussed me out when I'd be, I'd be like, <laughs> hey, man, I had 35 Austin rappers on the damn festival last year, okay? 35. Mm-hmm. And I was told not to by my boss. But we still <laughs> got you in there. Some of you attacked sound men before some of you tore up dressing rooms and I can't book you again. Sorry, Dick.
2: Yeah, exactly. And
0: you know, don't know how to act. And it's like, or Hey, since the last three years you performed here, um, you've never even done a show in San Antonio. Why are you getting on an international music festival? Things like this. So there's all that, that discussion is always being had here and there always, there's a chip on a lot of shoulders here that has been removed from a lot of the young people. I think mm-hmm that don't feel like that and don't think like that. And I think that we have to move past that and support what the young people are doing and the more interesting new things that are coming into town. I mean, like, support the diverse events. Support what's going on here. Bring your friends.
1: Bring your friends. If you want to be the, the the guy or the girl in the group who knows, are we, are we good on time? We've been talking fine. for a while. You might want to cut this up in three episodes. Mm. Like like I did yours.
2: Yeah right.
1: <laughs> if you're still listening, because uh, we're dropping gems over here, guys. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Yes, it it doesn't take a lot, I don't think, to especially now that information is everywhere, social media is everywhere. You see somebody doing something cool. There's a flyer that sh- pops up on your on your uh, on your feed. Just share it on your story. It's one button click. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say anything. Just like that helps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, if you see something you like and you want to be that guy in your group of friends or with your coworkers and say, hey, I went to this thing last week. It You know, the coming back, you know, you guys should come. It doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. And Austin is still relatively cheap compared to other cities.
0: I disagree. No,
1: no, I'm talking about going to shows, not cheap, to, right, not right, cheap right. to live, right? But and eat. shows shows are still free, if like yeah. or really cheap to go to, and that's I think that's a problem to begin with.
0: I paid seven dollars for a Lone Star on a Monday at a certain venue recently, and I bought shit.
1: I'm saying it's it's like uh, remember when they did that that uh, that survey in 2016 about music Austin as a music city? Yes. Remember that shit? Course. And Austin got like a C or B minus or some <laughs> shit like that. You're like, what? The live music capital of the world got a C? I'm like, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we we don't have and I don't mean to burst anybody's bubbles here, but the the Austin Live Music Capital of the World, it's a moniker that's owned by the visitors bureau. Mm-hmm. You know this? Mm-hmm. It's it's not a they own that. And their job is to book hotel rooms and have convent, uh, Corporations have their conferences in Austin. They get paid mm-hmm. by the hotel uh, occupancy tax,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? That's how that works. So, yeah, live music capital of the world, cool. But so back in 2016, when they did that survey, and they were asking all the districts, "Oh, what can we do?" and you know what's what makes a music city? Well, uh, you got to have load in and load out areas. You know, you got to. How close are you to? How accessible is your venue? Do you are are shows for free or is there a cover? You know, are the band compensated enough? It's all these different factors. And Austin got a fucking C, or B minus. I don't remember. It's still a bad grade for city. It deserved it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so, um, shit. I forgot what, what I was going with that. I ah, mean, sorry, go while the
0: sustainability of musicians and artists Being able to live here and being able to function here That's what's most important And it has gotten way out of hand I mean, yeah, it's gotten way more expensive It's still not LA, it's still not San Francisco or New York But it's up there And whew, it's, uh, you know, you want to ask why South by wasn't as big Or why there's people, the budgets go up, the budgets go down You know
1: I mean, the amount, the number of venues that shut down during the pandemic um, It's Well I mean of course it, it, It's heartbreaking But I, I think that do, do you think What city you think Has it figured out How to support music Nashville I always hear about Nashville I've never been so
0: Nashville has more business Going on whereas- Yeah but is
1: there Is there an actual System That supports it You know what I mean Like we have Austin has Harder than twenty something music related nonprofits.
0: I mean, we, Ham and Sims are enough. But like no. Why do we need harder than twenty? So like,
1: there's no. Yeah. They probably overlap. They're all trying to. Because yeah, nonprofits are great. It's a lot good for of them taxes. Are full of shit. Exactly. That's full what I'm saying. Shit. Like you don't. We don't need that many. Right. They overlap some of them for kids. I get it. But if it's, it, it probably pays to be, part of a nonprofit. Believe yep. it or not, so they they're still around. I don't know now, but at least like about yeah, that 2016, there was like one hundred and twenty of them. I and can, so I'll to take support things off the air, to support <laughs> what exactly? It's <laughs> <I'm laughs> my question
0: because that no, that's been pissing me off for a while. Oh uh, really? Yeah. No, the these uh, <laughs> the yeah whatever that uh, I sparked the nerve. No, it's annoying. <laughs> but uh, what are you up to right now? What's going on? In the life of back and Feedback podcast and what you're working on, so event wise, trivia wise, all these things.
1: Man, I'm I'm a one man band. That's what yeah. I'm one man band who's trying to do 25 things. Um, so the podcast is still running, the Feedback Bak podcast on all podcast platforms, mm-hmm. um, and I. If you want to go back in the archive, all the things we've been talking about, you can yeah. go back to the archive, and all the people we mentioned have been on my show. Uh, from, yeah, Brian Hobbs from who Books Hip Hop for South yeah. Park. I didn't know he was still around doing He's it. He's still there. You know, uh mentioned Grant Williams. Who mentioned all the DJs, Nick Nack, Chicken George, Zeely, like all these people. If you want to learn about the Austin scene and where it came from and who are the people making it, Hella Yella has been mm-hmm. on, Jackie Vincent, Saul Paul who's doing great things. You know, all these people I've, I've had on my podcast. It's yes, it's deep. So go back and listen to that. The more recent episodes are more focused on com- on the comedy scene. So having people like Rebecca Trent, who's the owner of uh, uh, Creek in the Cave, you know, having... Uh, I just had Godfrey last week. That was... A, I love the guy. Um, so if you want to learn about the the comedy scene, check that out. man um, wise Oh, and I'm doing comedy myself, too. So follow me on the feedback, and I have shows coming up, hopefully. Who wants to book me? Uh, <laughs> but event-wise, I've been doing this uh, music trivia show called mm-hmm. Record Play. Yep. Uh, so it, it's uh, I have one coming up on Sunday, April 30th at the Pershing House oh. on the east side. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Pershing. Uh, and i be back at Soho house probably in may or june uh so just real quick what record play is it's uh it's a trivia game show we pick a theme like 90s pop or you know 2000s hip-hop or east coast west coast whatever we've done ladies night we've done all kinds of we did icons edition during south by uh but it's a team team or solo we can play with a friend or play by yourself it's a trivia show it's all digital you play it on your phone uh and if you win the game then you do a challenge and the challenge could be a dance battle, uh, uh lip sync battle, trivia. Uh we just introduced musical chairs last time. That shit was funny. I as bet. hell. Uh we have more challenges coming up. We're gonna introduce soon. Uh but yeah, it's been it's been dope. Just again, something different. Uh we also have comedians come and do a halftime show. Uh we have a DJ, shout out to K Callie. She's mm-hmm. our official DJ. I've had people host. Rudy Davino was our Dumb. was our host. Uh, Marissa stepped in. We had I had Key from Razzgusto Storm. Shaka did it last time. Okay, so I have a rotating roster of hosts. Uh, but it's a it's a party. It's a good time, and it's all the music you love. And you play games and you get to win stuff. So win things like uh, a gift card from Slab Barbecue. Shout out to Slab, they've been with us since we started. Shout out to Raft, man! Yeah, um, big ups. or Bomb made Vodka. Uh, we give away tickets to comedy shows, we give all kinds of stuff just local, you know, local businesses. So, we try to support that as much as we can. But, uh, yeah, be on the lookout, just follow Record Play Live on IG. Uh, I'll put up some updates, and we got we got more coming up. So, it's a, it's a good time. It, I, I love doing it. Uh, just seeing people, you know, it's, it combines my love for games and music. And people get into it. They sing along. They bring their friends. Like it's it's a party. So record That's play, it. yeah, record play.
0: Very cool, man. I appreciate you coming down. Definitely get you on the other side of the mic.
1: Yeah, it's good to be Thompson, a guest.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real.
1: Yeah, congrats on the part. Po- I'm glad. I'm glad you're bringing it, man. I, I'm 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 really happy that there's I don't think there's competition when it comes to to podcasting. Everybody. Oh, I don't want to talk about what look, Talk about what you love, mm-hmm. what you're passionate about. Don't worry so much about the numbers. Mm-hmm. And just do you. Have interesting people on. Get to know them. Follow, you know, when you hear something interesting. Again, it doesn't take much to to, to share, to 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 support, to go to a show, to tell your friends. Um, and that's how we all grow. Like you said, the tide rise all boats. Is that the thing? Mm-hmm. yeah. My English is still...
2: <laughs> no, it's great.
0: It's fine.
1: <laughs> as far as expressions, I'm still learning stuff. But yeah, it, that's, that's where it's at. That's what I'm about. So, you know, thank you so much for having me. Man,
0: thank you. I'm so glad we got to talk about old school French rap, all that.
1: Yo, I can send you some stuff. I don't know about today's stuff. I was obsessed
0: stuff. back then. I was obsessed back Oh, really? Then. Yeah, I had a lot. I mean, I, I go through
1: these phases like every two or three months where I just dig into my French hip hop collection and all these lyrics come back to me just automatically. Like I'm like, yo, I was in it. In it. Especially now it, with the podcast I was talking to you about, that featuring podcast, when you talk about, they have all these guys on, they're like, oh, I didn't know the guy We introduced French hip hop to, to French radio. And like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I, I love learning about like the history of, of stuff. So of music and I can get to some documentary talk, but I think we're going to wrap
0: it up. All good, man. Well, thank you so much for being here today and all the people out there who listen and download and share and tell friends to tell friends. Talk So Real with Matt Sanzala is on all the audio platforms currently. Pretty much all of them, I believe. I don't know. Just subscribe. There's so many. Just subscribe on your favorite one and don't miss out. Thank you all and thank you so much, Bob.
1: Appreciate it. Ciao.
0: Peace.